Hello once again, everyone, and thank you for taking time to listen to Gear Gadgets and Gizmos, a podcast where I talk to somebody who's got various conditions, but they're using gadgets or devices in some way which help them overcome some of the difficulties their impairments throw up. So that's what we're about. Now, today, I've got somebody called Molly O'Brien who I met through the work that we both do for an organisation called the Activity Alliance, which is about helping disabled people be more physically active. And if they want to be, they can win gold medals at Paralympics and things of that sort. So Molly does a role there. Molly, you're very welcome. How are you? Good, thank you. (laughs) Good, good, good. So Molly, tell us a little bit about your role at the Activity Alliance. What is it, the work that you do there? Um, well, Activity Alliance, I am one of the Senior Research and Insight Advisors, so I work in the research team. Um, we do lots of work on data and evidence gathering and research projects, all about basically trying to include more disabled people to have access to physical activity and sport, so I cover the whole range of different topics, but I've also got background working in like, other charity sectors and the deaf, deaf community as well, and charity-based work there. So background and more disability-focused charity sector as well. That's okay, background. which is a seamless link to talking briefly about the impairments you have, because you have two major issues that you're trying to manage all the time, haven't you, uh, Molly? So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I have a severe hearing and visual impairment. So I was born with my condition. Um, so my hearing loss, I have what's called a severe to profound bilateral hearing impairment, to give it its full fancy name. Lovely. Um, so it basically means that I, the profound element is I don't have any high-pitched frequency sound whatsoever, and I'm pretty much profoundly deaf without my hearing aid. Um, a lot of people tell you, and you can't tell how deaf I am by the way that I speak, which is quite funny, really. Um, and then I have a severe sight impairment. So my eye condition, to give it its full name, is retinitis pigmentosa. And then I also have cataracts on top of that as well. Oh, joy. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that is essentially a degenerative condition that causes the loss of peripheral vision to start with. And then it can affect central vision accuracy. Uh, also affects lighting sensitivity, so glare blindness, um, um, night blindness as well, so low lighting and darkness and accuracy of vision. So that's just an oh, quick overview of my sight loss. It's quite complicated and it, it changes dramatically over the years um, and it probably will change more so to come in years to come, but that's my uh, hearing and yeah, vision so loss. The, the sight loss issue is progressive and... Yeah and will worsen is your hearing loss stable or is that also relatively stable yeah I think it's been relatively stable since I was in my early teens I mean I'm 31 now and my hearing loss has been quite stable although interestingly an audiologist once said to me even because my sight loss is progressing it may appear that your hearing loss is progressing and getting worse because obviously so much of hearing is also visual so you pick up pick up on so many visual cues and over time, I won't pick up on the same visual cues because of a sight loss and it affects your hearing. So how, so in some ways, deaf blindness is a combination of the two, hearing and sight loss together. But it's not always about the level of hearing and sight somebody's got. A common definition of deaf blindness will also refer to how that affects communication, access to information and your ability to get around or mobility it's sometimes yes. termed, although sometimes people think mobility is physical, where it's more referring to the navigational ability. So. Sometimes it's not necessarily about the level of hearing that someone's got, even though it's important. It's then how it then affects those three key, three core elements, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, no, it makes perfect sense. And I suppose 
a question that I have asked a number of people, either blind people or deaf people, is um, how that, you know, which of, you know, you could sometimes say to non-disabled people, um, person's blind or a person's deaf, they say, oh, I couldn't manage that. You know, I'd much prefer to be that or the other. Now, here you are. You've got deafness and blindness. Which <laughs> one would you say? Um, as a 31-year-old doing a job and all the rest of the, and the, the life you live, which one of them is the most difficult to manage, would you say? I actually couldn't answer that. Which you is couldn't? Really, okay. I couldn't answer that because I think it depends upon what you're doing and the life situation, you said what life situation you're in, what you're trying to access. It's very, I think it's very situational. I think it's That's not, a brilliant response, isn't it? That's a yeah. really good response because actually... When I think about it, as you know, I'm a wheelchair user. So walking is a real issue, but I don't have to do it most of the time. So it's not a problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. If I'm sat down answering the phone, the fact I can't walk doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So you're saying, and absolutely rightly, I think, that depending on what it is you're doing. So if you're in conversation with a lot of friends in a pub, your hearing loss might be a major issue. Whereas if you're <laughs> you know, trying to read a newspaper, then maybe your sight loss is the big... Yeah, I get that. That yeah. makes perfect sense. So <clears throat> happily, we live in a time, don't we, where there's an awful lot of stuff out there now that really helps yeah. you, me, and all, all a lot of other disabled people. But here you are with your sight and hearing loss issues. Um, and I know you've got two or three things that you use that um, really make a big difference. So let's start with those, shall we? I think the first one you mentioned before we started was to do with hearing aids and the way that you use those. So tell us a bit about that and how you use them, really. Well, for me, hearing aids are absolutely crucial. I mean, the first thing that I put in my ears in the morning and the first thing that I last thing I do at night is take my hearing aids out. So I can't manage and function without my hearing aids at all. I mean, I've, I've had hearing aids since I was four years old. And you can, as you can imagine, all, all that time, the way hearing technology has progressed is, is massive. And I can hear things now that I could not hear as a child, which I find fascinating. And I also find it really scary as well, because yes. my, brain, my brain has to learn to hear every time that I have new hearing aids. I mean, I think in the last 10 years alone, I've had four sets of new hearing aids. And it's a learning to adapt with them is a challenge um particularly the last set of hearing aids that I progressed to 10 years ago um, they do I think it's called recover it's something like recovery frequency they're a phone app set of hearing aids so what they do the phone app range will take frequencies that you can't hear and they'll and mix them up in a way with some frequencies that you can hear and give you an indication of those sounds Oh. Um, so I, did, I didn't realise how loud crisps were when you were eating them until about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> eating crisps. Uh, what about, so, <laughs> so, so, I mean, here we are having this conversation and you are hearing me pretty well, aren't you, through your hearing aids. What, yeah. when you, when you said you got your last pair 10 years ago or so, what, what sound did you hear for the first time that most yeah. excited you? Can you remember? Well, well, the one actually, the ones that I'm using now, I got last August. So these are the ah, newest ones. Yeah, right. so these ones are the ones that I'm the most excited about because finally, Bluetooth hearing aids are available on the NHS. Woo! Um, it's very exciting <laughs> because a lot of people say Bluetooth technology is quite old, but it 
Well, it's been around for years in the private sector for hearing aids, but it's only really coming into the NHS in the last couple of years. And the area that I'm in got hit, got them last summer. And I was lucky enough to be one of the first ones to get fitted with Bluetooth hearing aids. And what's exciting about that for me, the connectivity, like right now, I have got the sound streamed directly into my hearing aid from, from my laptop. And previously I did do that, but I used the hearing loop setting on my hearing aid, but I still do use, I, use, uh, I have hearing loop enabled headphones, but the sound quality through Bluetooth is a massive step up, like a big improvement to be, and that make, opens up so much more potential to be able to access things like on my phone. There's certain phone calls I really struggle with. So I can, I'm starting to try speaking to different people on the phone so I can hear. But some people I will always still struggle with. It's not going to solve everything. Hearing aid don't solve everything. I think that's the big myth for hearing loss and deafness, that they think give a deaf person hearing aid and they'll hear everything. I will never hear everything. And yeah. I've accepted that. But with now, the I mean, ones, I know that. More. I know that at work you also use a support worker, don't you? Francis is yeah. one I've met, Francis. But how yeah. does your how does this improvement in tech um, lessen your dependence on a human interaction from someone like Francis, for example? It makes it a lot easier to be able to have a conversation with people. Right. Um, it doesn't solve all problems, and it depends. Again, it depends on the situation that you're in. And you're like being able to have a one-to-one -one discussion with somebody on a Zoom call like this or like small group meeting without having to rely on somebody having to repeat. Because that is the, one of the roles, that, whether it's a support worker, whether it's a friend or family. If I'm not hearing something, sometimes what I have to ask someone to do is just repeat it. And it helps if the person that does that is the person who voice that I know really well because your brain develops um, familiarity with familiar voice that it will naturally pick up a, verse, a voice that you can hear better in a noisy environment um, rather than one anyone's brain will do that. But I think for person with a hearing loss, even more so, you'll hear familiar voices in a noisy place where you wouldn't hear unfamiliar voices. I think when you have a hearing loss, you start to notice that. Um, yeah. So at that, for example, is where I would still rely on someone to support if it was really noisy, even in my hearing aid. And like I, I can't hear distances if someone's that far away from me. I will, I will not hear that they've spoken to me. So in that case, I would use a um, more portable microphone. I've got about five, a lot of different microphones, and they work on the FM setting, which is on my hearing aid. Um, the, the range of it is the Roger Phonak hearing aid. I don't like called Roger, but it's a Roger Phonak range of microphones, and I've got quite a few of them now, partly through access to work, funded at work. And some of them were social care funded, as you can imagine, they're quite expensive. But they are very useful for work purposes, for in-person meetings. And they're also useful. I've got a small microphone that I'll give to my yoga teacher. And she would just clip it on her top, whether she's wearing a top or a jumper. And that means she can still walk around the room and teach her class. And I've got the sound going straight to my hearing aid and still be able to follow what she's saying without having to look at her without struggling to hear what she's saying. That then that removes the need for there to be... Uh, an induction loop system actually in the room yeah. so yeah that's really yeah, flexible. Never work. <laughs> yeah no no I've, I've found out to my cost when I've been doing training places where they never work yeah. so okay so we've got the hearing loss we're using the hearing aids for that bluetooth is a massive step forward for you yeah. it's me meant that it's opened up all sorts of interesting dimensions like crisps are actually quite noisy to eat um, <laughs> and you've still got your support worker in place to help you with situations where hearing might still be problematic so that's brilliant yeah. now yeah in terms of your sight loss you mentioned magnification and magnifiers T yeah. tell us a bit about what that's like what that's about 
again, as you can imagine, I use a whole range of different sorts of magnification technology. So I just I've got handheld electronic magnifiers, I've got desktop-based magnifiers, and I use the magnification technology on my um, laptop. So it, again, it depends on what situation that I'm in, but a handheld magnifier is something that is always in my bag, and so that's an electronic one. And they, but again, they've varied over the years. I mean, I remember the size of electronic magnifier when I was a kid. They were huge, and then yeah. they were yes. very expensive. Mind you, they, are, they still are very expensive. I mean, my, my desktop magnifier that I've got um, cost four grand, and that was through social care funded support. I'd oh. applied for funding for them because it just it makes a big difference. Because with a handheld magnifier, it, it's brilliant. Um, but after you, if you've been using it for three hours, your wrist strain is quite, yes. quite pain, can be quite painful. Um, and I, I like to read, even though I love I love audiobooks, because that's another thing with my hearing aid, and I was swapping technology here. But with my hearing aid, I can stream my audiobook straight to my ears, yes. which is great on my phone. But then I also still love reading a book, not a massive book, but I still love actually holding the book and having a magnifier, which is great. But like I said, the wrist strain can be difficult. But then the desktop magnifier is wonderful because it's literally plugged in all the time. I don't have to worry about it being um, charged up because it's plugged mm-hmm. in constantly. And it's just, a, I would call it a little tray on the bottom. And then you've got like a look, look, look like a computer screen. And it just, whatever's on you put on your book on the tray and it comes up on the screen in front of you. You can change the colors. I usually read white on black, increase magnification as much as you need to. And then just move a tray left and right, forward and back. And it's just so much easier to use for longer purposes of reading printed material, um, which is great. And does that does that help? I know one of the greatest challenges with that kind of technology has been handwriting. Does that um, help? Yeah. Yes, you, you can be able to see where to do handwriting. To be fair, I don't use much handwriting. I've not been able to see handwriting clearly for 10 years now. Right. Um, so right. I, I don't do any, I really don't. I can sign my own signature and I can do handwriting. But it's not my strongest strength at all. I usually give paperwork to somebody who can see fully. But yes. to be able to, to be allowed to do what I can. So to do what I can, I would use a desktop magnifier. It'd be a lot easier. It's really hard to do handwriting with a handheld <laughs> magnifier. Just have not got the base really to do it at all. So do you when you say a handheld and it's electronic? I'm guessing, yeah. therefore, that it's using batteries of some sort to charge, uh, to yeah. to enlarge, whatever. Do you was that? Would you tend to use that, for example, when you're shopping to read the labels on things, or would it? What, yeah. what sort of? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would use it for more things like that. I would just use it um, for reading packages in the kitchen at home yeah. if I'm looking yeah. for cooking, looking yeah. for ingredients. And you could use it. Though, to be fair, it does depend on the original colour. If you're not packaging, for example, can be quite shiny. And because you've magnified work by shining a light on something, yes. it then reflects the light back. So it, it, even though these technology are brilliant and I'd be lost without them, they do have their faults, if you like, or it's like yes. how you, you've got to learn how best to use them to get the best out of them. And like planning to charge. I mean, my handheld ones have about four hours worth of charging. So it's making sure you plan ahead when, when you know you're going to use them extensively. Um, so, well, it I, I, sounds sounds fabulous, and and uh, I guess one of the ways that people could assist people with your situation is to produce packaging that isn't shiny. What I should say to our listeners, by the way, is we will put in the show notes the various things that that Molly's telling us about, so you can look them up for yourselves. Right. So, okay. Now, 
we now come to item number three. And by the way, everybody, Molly says she's got a fourth, so we might stretch <laughs> it a bit, but we'll see. Um, the third one seems to be a universal truth for people with sight impairments, and that's the good old iPhone or iPad. But yeah. what what does it do for you? What do you, How are you using that very, very common now device? Well, I think there's a lot of visually impaired people say because iPads, Apple devices, I mean, my, my laptop for personal use and work use is Apple as well. But I love that Apple has the inbuilt navigation software. And that is from my, my, one of the earliest memories of having inbuilt software ready and there for you to use. I didn't have to go and buy a separate piece of software. Uh, I remember having to use ZoomTech software when I was a child. I think ZoomTech yes. is still a software that you can use, but... Apple software is far more advanced. And even when I first started using it 14 years ago, it was amazing. Um, and it, it still is amazing, the fact that it's, all, it's ready there, the magnification, and the fact that I could just pick up someone else's, like, for example, my mum gave me her phone to check a message. As long as she's enabled a magnification, I just know the gesture because she's got an Apple phone, and I can just zoom in and just read the message to her. And then just take the magnification off and give her that phone back. Whereas if she had a standard phone, we wouldn't have to do that. Anyway, that's a really answer. interesting isn't that wonderful i think yeah. you see this is what i love about these conversations here's your mum who can see presumably yeah learning to you to tell her what something says on her phone i think that's yeah. brilliant but you're right <laughs> apple have yeah i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not all the time but it's it's a kind of reversal of roles which is so lovely yeah. um but apple as you say rightly i was an early adopter of phones but not for the reasons you were but for all sorts of other reasons to stick accessibility at the top of your list of priorities mm. makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, do you it use do you use your uh, iPhone or iPad in specific ways other than just using the accessibility apps? Oh, mainly, I think the fact that the accessibility is so strong that you can just zoom in. And it just you can change the level of magnification as well, which is what I like about it. Where previous magnification technologies, you were set at like four times bigger, no matter where you entered. So depending right. on what the ori original text that you were looking at, you can zoom out a little bit, or zoom in further if it's smaller print, and then likewise you can change the colours quite quickly with the reverse of colours. Like I say, I read best white on black text, and I can just quick triple tap the home key, and it's just it's there ready and waiting for me to zoom out and the fact that it's a bigger screen makes it a bit easier I personally find navigating some areas on a phone a lot harder because you have to use certain magnification gestures I mean actually I have my phone is not Apple my phone is actually an Android based it's a Samsung what? I, what? I prefer I prefer that for a phone <laughs> and it's partly because <laughs> partly because my phone I've got at the moment it's the only way that I can still keep some handwriting skills because I can handwrite my text messages and it converts it to text. Ah, which is what yes. I like because I struggle to see the keyboard on an Apple phone. Although I've been a friend of mine who's um, blind convinced me about a year and a half ago to get a Bluetooth keyboard. I wish I'd have got it sooner, but it makes such a huge difference in being able to use, like I can use WhatsApp. I could never use WhatsApp before because I couldn't see the keyboard well enough and I was struggling yes. with it. I'm struggling with a screen reader to be able to hear it. Although that's something my new hearing aids are going to open up the ability for me to be able to use a screen reader more so that I can get it read, information read to me when I'm visually tired. Because a screen reader, you can slow down the speech now, which is what you couldn't be able to do years ago. You can change the tone of the speech. So I can find, I'm going to try and find a speech tone that I can hear better. So that might make it easier to do things like access the keyboard. 
um, which is which will be really cool. But I like my I love my Bluetooth keyboard for my phone and my iPad as well because it just makes it I'm a really quick. It sounds weird, but I, I learned touch typing as a child at school instead of languages because of my hearing loss. I said, don't bother with languages. What a and good learning... idea that's proved to be. Yeah. My goodness then, me. It's just amazing learning to touch type at the age of 13. It's one of the best skills that I have. There are so many things you're telling us we should have done or we should be doing now. Uh, and I can imagine when you rock up to a meeting or something yeah, and you open, I'm guessing you do have a bag that you carry around with you. My what favorite. comes out... <laughs> Yes, what comes out of that bag isn't sort of lipstick or, you know, something oh, gosh, of that no. sort. This is full of tech, you know, oh, magnifiers work. and keyboards yeah. and all sorts of stuff. My work my work bag, when I go to the office, it's got my, obviously my work laptop. I've got a separate keyboard and mouse as well, my charger. If I take my iPad with me for personal use and my keyboard, my phone, my electronic <laughs> magnifier, hearing aid batteries don't go anywhere without hearing aid batteries. Oh, and anti-glare glasses to wear. Of course. Of Never go glare. anywhere without them. Absolutely. Do you go with a small portable generator as well to make sure <laughs> all this do. stuff works? <laughs> I think Brilliant. that takes so much stuff. Well, I think when I first started at Activity Alliance last year, one of my colleagues said to me, is it PC World on your desk with all that technology? I've got, <laughs> I've got a desktop magnifier there at work and I've got one at home as well. So you can imagine the tech setup that I've yes. got. Yeah. But I, I just, uh, it, it's coming over in waves. Obviously, you love all this stuff and uh, and it makes, makes such a difference to you. Clearly, it does. But I yeah. guess for many people... Um, who don't get tech and don't understand it and so on and so forth. It must seem pretty daunting, but you're a brilliant advert for how it can liberate you in, if you apply it, apply it properly. Now, okay, because you've been such a starring guest, um, you have a fourth item. I'm going to allow you a fourth. Tell us what that is. Well, the fourth item is based on more tactile technology because I actually think tactile technology is an area that's going to develop a lot, particularly for people who are deafblindness or dual sensory loss. Um, but obviously, people don't typically think of Braille, and Braille is equally valid, even though sadly some people say it's a dying art. But there are so many different forms of tactile technology that is amazing. I mean, I have two tactile watches that I love. And one of them, it tells a bit, it's a bit weird to try and explain it, but it looks like a little pebble. And you put it in the palm of your hand and it tells the time through vibration. And then another watch that I have, it more looks like a conventional watch. And it tells, and again, it's tactile. It tells the time by two, like, um, I think they're called ball bearings, like tracks. So you've got a track around the face of the watch and a track around the edge of the watch. So one is the hour and one is the minute. There's a, you can just feel where it is along the clock face, which is all tactile as well. So in some ways, they're really discreet to be able to keep track of the time. And then it helps well as you're giving presentations, so you're not going over time or anything like that. Um, but it's been, I love the one on the wrist because it looks, a lot of people say it looks smart and it looks like an actual conventional watch until you look at it closer, whereas the pebble one is a little bit more complicated to explain, even though it's cool, but you can tell the time through a series of vibration patterns. I think that if it's a short vibration, it's a one, but that'd be five short vibration would be five o'clock. If it's two long vibration, that'd be 10 o'clock because a long vibration is a five. But it's a bit complicated to explain, but once you get your head around how it works, because I think like most things, once you learn how to use technology, and you might need a bit of help with that, I sometimes do, and that's fine. I ask a friend or a support worker to help me to learn how to use something, and then I'm at, I know what I'm doing, I'm confident with it, it's fine. But particularly with anything like tactile technology, it takes a little bit of getting used to. I tend to find people want to look at it or listen to it. And I'm like, no, 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 feel it. And you can tell by the feel of it. And I think that's quite unique. I really like it. 
I think you've got a beautiful blend of things, haven't you? You've got Bluetooth for hearing. You've got the the magnifiers and obviously your iPads and so on for the sight side of issues and the tactile watches. I, I should say to our listeners that I've seen, I, I sat with Molly, we were at meetings and then we had a little party in the evening and she and I sat together and she showed me this watch, the one that she wears. And it is actually quite a work of art, really. It's the sort of thing that anybody would like to wear, I think, regardless. It looks really interesting. Oh, and the colours are great. You know, it looks very fashionable, actually. I remember it. So, um, yeah. and, and that's the other side of all this, isn't it? That an iPhone and an iPad is a sexy gadget. It doesn't look like grab rails, you know, or Zimmer frames. Or when are they going to learn that we want design, you know, design stuff that looks nice? This list of hearing technology I had at primary school, I wanted to put on my hearing aid. It was like a huge box that I would have to wear around my waist with a widow strap around my waist as well, and wired up to my hearing aid and clipped on my hearing aid. Oh, yes. Women are awful. And of course, you fitted in. Nobody noticed this at all. This sort of stuff. Mm. <laughs> Mind oh, you, I bet you had. Uh, I had you. I bet you had massive shoulders and muscles on your back, back and biceps. <laughs> sort of personal workout. <laughs> anyway, well, look, Molly, this this has been a joy because mm -hmm. not only am I fascinated, and I hope our listeners are too, to to the technology you're using and the way you're deploying it. But just the sheer energy and joy that comes off you. I mean, the enthusiasm for it. And I suppose a serious point about that is that without mm. this, you wouldn't be able to do so many of the things you do now. Yeah. So you're an independent woman doing your own thing, earning your living. You know, you're enjoying life to the full in part because of this. And I guess in part, too, because you're just so blooming stubborn, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want technology to work for me and I want to be able to find the best way to use it. It's not easy. There have been times when I just wanted to give up with it, but I just think find what works for you. And I think that's the thing when you have dual sensory losses as well, we have multiple impairments. You just find what works for you, whether that's an access or whether it's technology, enjoy it because otherwise what's the point in using it? Yes. And just just make the most of the technology that you've got because there's just so much more I could have talked about. But I do think technology is the way forward for disabled people. But I, I strongly think that with dual sensory impairment as well, I think that in the next few decades to come, I think they're going to be a big change in technology. Well, and I think, you know, to finish, you, you've you given us some a really very full, um, well, let me say it like this. We've got on the one hand, you're using technology that's cutting edge, you're always looking for the newest thing to make sure that you can do, do more and more and more. That's brilliant. You have a support worker who fills in some of those gaps and acts in all sorts of ways that facilitate your ability to work and so on and do other things. And then you've got that rather lovely side of things, which is that tactile. If I'm going to use certain equipment, I want it to feel right and look right and and do the job as, and, and be sort of sexy in a way, not just about uh, function and so on. So it's a great kind of bringing together of all these things and put them all together and you've got molly o'brien i mean what more could there be <laughs> thank you so much molly it's been a joy um i I'm, i hope our listeners find that as fascinating as interesting as i do but I'd, i'm very grateful for your time so thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today thank you it's been great i've loved it If you'd like to share your stories about how you use technology to overcome some of the barriers that your disability puts in your way, then please contact me at brinkburn at gmail.com 
or you can look up the Research Institute for Disabled Consumers details on their website, which is ridc.org.uk. Thanks very much and I look forward to hearing from you.